Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shaddy Sanity as we continue through our beloved divisional previews. And this week we're going old school. It's just going to be me and the co-host Caleb Lynn kicking it, talking about the beloved AFC West. And I've given, I've given Caleb this opportunity to not be under the pressure from anyone else. There we go. And to, to try to redeem himself from his egregious take last season about the Kansas city chiefs. But before we get there, we have other things to talk about and other teams to talk about. But Caleb, I want to check with you first. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, you know, I'm really excited to talk about this division. I, uh, I'm excited to, to get into all of these, all of these teams and, uh, you know, look, uh, I mean, it's fine if you want to throw a shot at me for the Chiefs. I mean, we all have bad predictions. Um, you know, but I know you're a Mahomes lover. And uh but but look, I mean, I think things might be different this time around, and uh we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll have to let the listeners hear me talk about these teams, I guess, in order to suggest that. We will, we will, Caleb. But first, I uh I wanted to take some time before we even get into these teams. And this is going to be our bonus segment of the night. So we're going to mm-hmm. do it here at the beginning. Um, I want to talk recent NFL content with you. I, <laughs> we, had, we had two fantastic things come out yesterday. Fantastic. We had the season premiere of Hard Knocks with the New York Jets. Oh, sure. And we also had untold Johnny Football a.k.a. Johnny Manziel, for those that don't know, that premiered on Netflix. I watched both yesterday. I, I, was, I was in heaven. This is, this is holding me over until we get to actual regular season. Caleb, I, knew, I know you watched. Did you watch both? I, I did. I got the chance today to watch both. Okay, great. You caught up today. So I want to talk yes. about both these. So, Caleb, following, following the Netflix series Quarterback, which mm-hmm. was very insightful and I thought very well done, very good. I, I think you agree. I know you love the show. Uh, but I felt like Hard Knocks is starting to lose its luster because that quarterback show is just fantastic. I don't know how you feel well, about that, but what was your overall impression of Hard Knocks in this first episode? Well, I mean, I, so I, I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong on Hard Knocks, but I, I still love Hard Knocks. <laughs> Like I just think the content. I do too. I'm always, always gonna watch it. I, I, I think hate it's, I think it's it. a very. I think there's a lot of drama behind it, and I like the fact that they really tell the tell the story about the team, right? And yeah. you know, I mean, granted, in episode one, I mean, they talked about they talked about Aaron Rodgers every five minutes, but I, I think the the episode showed. I, I mean, if the, if they can talk about there's a like there's some interesting dynamics with the Jets that I'll be really disappointed if they don't talk about. Like, I mean, Bryce, you know how I really love that Jets team. I love their energy. I loved how passionate they were. I loved how that they had all these young guys and that they were kind of looking to build something. 
And all they did, Bryce, the entire time was shove down Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett in the first episode. I mean, I really hope, I genuinely hope they talk about this young roster that made the progress that it did last year to convince Rodgers in the first place to want to go there. Like, sorry if I just don't want to hear, if I want to hear something else besides Rodgers. I hope that changes. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I texted I texted you guys um, as I watched it last night. Um, the insane meat glazing of Aaron Rodgers is just it is unreal within the first ten minutes. So so Caleb, I'll tell you a story. I got to or I was uh, I was at work today, and um, and uh, me and Zach's boss shows up, and he sits down, and he's working, and we started talking about. He, he watched Hard Knocks too. Yeah. And I didn't even say anything about the show. And the first thing that he said was like, he's like, it was insane how much they talked about Aaron Rodgers the I, first 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It was a lot of, of Aaron Rodgers PR. It was a lot of Nathaniel Hackett PR. And there are other storylines. Like you said, Sauce is a big story, a storyline. We got yeah. some of him. Garrett Wilson, big storyline. We got some of him. Yeah. We barely got any Quinn Williams. Who just got the Which absolute bag? Right. Absolute bag, right? And give me more of Chaz Surratt, man. I'm I'm interested. I don't know they, this guy. They, they kind of tease it a cornerback. little bit. Yeah, yeah. That'll definitely be something to watch. But where are the other you know people that are trying to make the team? Brees, where are we at? Yeah, yeah. I mean, where, where are we? Yeah. And and notice Caleb. Notice Caleb. They cut the Delvin Cook stuff because he doesn't have a deal. Like, they yeah, cut see the Dalvin Cook, well, which is funny. It's, it's it is funny, funny but I'm kind of sad that they did because I do oh, think it would have been cool to see how a team would pitch to a free agent yeah, yeah. in the visit of a free agent. Now, obviously, I think you and I feel very similar. You have Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate the situation. I agree. But I, but I, I mean, but it would have been interesting. Too. It would have been interesting. Uh, but I mean, the way I've talked about the Jets is this is just setting it's setting this the stage for an epic fall. And and Zach made a comment today to me in the office, and I think he's right. They have now set themselves up for a Super Bowl or bus season. That. I agree with that. It is Super Bowl or bus. I agree with that. With all the PR, all the talk. Yeah, they they haven't said anything. They, they basically feel like they're going to go in and just beat everybody up. And that is not how this works. That is not how this works. No. But no. I am going to continue to watch this show. I am very interested. Well, I, I, mean, I don't know if we're going to get much more, but. The Jets ceiling in general is, look, if they're going to hit, if they're going to click, I mean, they're going to make, they're going to make people like Zach just eat it. But 100%. If they're not, they're not going to be, they're not going to be just me. I don't think they're going to be mediocre and stuff a wild card. I think they would, they're going to kill it. I think they're going to kill it or they're, they're, or they're going to miss the playoffs. Plain and simple. They're going to kill it or they're going to miss the playoffs. And nine I think, and eight is so strong. But I, but I, but that feels, I mean, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Nine and eight, you missed the playoffs. Well, and Caleb, Caleb, let me tell you something as a, as a, uh, as a sports betting connoisseur like yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you are going to want to watch the odds. On, on their over under them to make the playoffs and then to win the Super Bowl as as this show goes on. 
because I, I have a feeling everything is going to wow. is going to go up and you might be able to get a good value on an under or a miss the playoffs or something to that degree. I, I know you're looking it up right now. I well, see it me, on your face. Let you me clown. tell you. Let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now what has intrigued me with the Jets. OK, and, and Zach. And Zach probably probably knows this. Our good friend Zach Griffith, but. I feel like I have to say it. Can I, I feel like I have to say it. Sure. Okay? Go ahead. Right now, Bills at the Jets. The Bills are only one point favorites against the Jets. One, like one exactly, not one and a half. Uh, FanDuel has it one and a half. Every book has it different, but there are some books that have it at minus one. If it's one... I'm taking the bills. You could get it at minus one and a half on, 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 which is what we did last time on the, on the bills. And, and there might be a wager. There might be one that gets stiffed around on the bills and that price. I mean, that's a pretty decent price on the bills. I'm just saying, if you're, if you're like not filing for the jets, if you're not like all in on the jets, I early, like, well, that's going to be a popular pick, right? To to take the Jets. Very much. So. I'm telling you, like that line is very going to much be, so. is going to get changed, and you might be able to make a little cash off that. I'm just saying. I, listen, I'm just not a gambler. To notice, right? I don't. I, it is something to notice. I don't something gamble. Knows. You guys know that, but I'm yeah. just saying for you guys, it's an interesting thing to look at. So I'm saying. So I'm saying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. As we move on, let's talk about uh, Johnny Manziel, Caleb. This was. I mean, our our high school years right yeah. here. I mean, this is our late high school or early high school years. Right. Uh, we were well, I was a freshman um, in high school when Johnny Manziel was a freshman in college bowling out at Texas A&M. Mm. And I mean, I was excited to watch this doc because we haven't heard much of, or we don't really know the entire no, we story don't. of Johnny Manziel. We didn't. We didn't we don't know the entire story. No, like we've seen him spiral out of control, be a massive bust in the NFL. Um, you know, we, we followed him through that journey, but we really don't know the root of it. Mm-hmm. And I still have questions following the doc. I wish it was elaborated on a little bit more. I'm hoping that there's another, uh, you know, full length documentary that we get one day about him mm-hmm. um, because I, so many more questions, so many more questions. Sure. And I know Netflix tries to keep those at about an hour, um, but and I know they're doing a little bit different with Swamp Kings, which is going to be fantastic as well. But this is just such an interesting doc, and I learned a lot, but I still have questions. Um, Caleb, what was most shocking to you, like when you heard it, when you heard something there? What was the most shocking part to you? Zero percent tape, man. Oh man, <laughs> everyone's talking like, about that. Like today. I don't Everyone. know, I don't know. Like it's insane. I, it's it's like I mean I get it. I can kind of understand it. You know, like you might not watch tape because it's at your house and you don't, and you're you look at your house like a place that you don't work at, which is very fair. That's the way the I did too. <laughs> I but like too, in but his <laughs> case, in his case, like. I mean, it, I just think he, is, he just was so all over the place. But I just I guess I just didn't realize, Bryce, just how. How much his brain just really wasn't on football, just yeah, how yeah, little yeah. of his and, and dating back to his entire time in college, just he never showed 
any significant passion for the game. He really didn't. Insane and talent. Just, just was it right? Like you said, great talent. Insane talent. Yeah. I mean, I, so I have a couple points from, from this doc and feel free to comment when I get through them. Mm-hmm. Number one, my biggest loser of the doc, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, he he admittedly said after the first game with Johnny Manziel that they lost, he let him do whatever he wanted game two, and they won, They put up 70 points, and he said, I just quit calling plays and just put in the ball in Johnny's hands. So Johnny Manziel got him the Texas Tech head coaching job. And then, so, you know, luckily, Cliff Kingsbury stumbles upon Patrick Mahomes the second, and we all know how that worked out. And then all of a sudden, Cliff Kingsbury gets a Cardinals job. And he got all the way to the NFL at a head coaching position with a promising young quarterback with a, a primetime top, top 10 receiver of the past 10 years in DeAndre Hopkins and has absolutely zero to show for it. Absolutely zero to show for it. Hmm. I mean, just riding coattails all the way up to the top. Good for you, Cliff. But that's where you are today because of that. Second point. Second point. Johnny's friend Nate screwed out of the whole deal, man. Screwed out of the whole deal. I don't know why that dude isn't a sports agent or in some uh, some type yeah, of sports that, management that today. Was, that was really interesting. I didn't know a lot about that. That part was definitely different for me. Yeah. Um, just didn't know. Didn't know that. Didn't know that was a thing. No. And then number three, I st- I, Johnny kind of portrayed himself as a victim a little bit by the NCAA. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You got your money. Yeah. You got your money. You found a way to get your money. You laundered that money through your grandpa. So I, I don't understand. I don't know if you're trying to blame I don't know. He's trying to blame the NCAA for what for what has happened with his life, but he did try to play victim a little bit. I I I, I agree. I thought he did too. I thought it was really weird. Um, I'm out on that. Yeah, I I didn't understand. I I don't really know how you could say you're a victim. I mean, what what are you a victim of? They, they you, couldn't make money in college. But they were selling did, all but, this stuff. But you did though. And that's what I'm saying. You found yeah, a way to you, make money. You did. You, You're you, getting 30K right. an autograph session. Yeah. I mean, like you, you did. You created a plan to do that. You did. And it wasn't like he was mad because he thinks the NCAA should allow that for everyone. He was only focused on himself and the way that he thought it. he should be getting the money. Yeah. Which I agree with you also lessened my respect of the situation. Yeah. Well, to me, he still came across as I, I'm glad he's doing better but he still seems very conceited, very full of himself, very focused on Johnny. And he just doesn't, I just don't know that he has the money to back all to back up his, his habits and things like that. that Look, maybe props to you for, you know, you got a super hot girlfriend again, you're opening a, a, up a bar in, in college station that that bar is going to make so much freaking money. It's unreal. So I'm happy for the guy, but I mean, don't be surprised. And I hope it doesn't happen, but don't be surprised if Johnny Manziel pops up again in a bad way. Cause I just, 
I don't know. I don't know if the lesson's been learned. I don't know. Maybe that's bad to say. I don't know. But mm, it really didn't do anything to make me like Johnny Manziel as a person more. It didn't do anything for me there. Yeah. Best of luck I, to you, though. Man. I get it. Best of luck yeah. to you. So, any final thoughts, Caleb, before we move into the AFC West? Not really. I mean, it's just an entertaining, it was an entertaining doc. And, you know, Absolutely. And even if you don't know, didn't know Johnny very well, or you were younger and you didn't see him play, I mean, I think you could see the magnitude of what he brought to college football. And like looking at yeah. it now, it's like he really did push the. I mean, I think, you know, we like to make cases for newer guys that they push the argument, but like Johnny was really the first one to really, to really break that bank open. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, I guess like technically speaking, you could talk about guys like Reggie Bush, but in terms of the social media hype that was going on, you know, Reggie didn't have that players in that decade didn't have that. Johnny had that. You could just roll highlights all day. And I mean, it's, it's, I think it's interesting. It would be interesting to look at it from that perspective where you didn't really watch him in college to just think that the story would be interesting. I yeah, know. I mean, there's definitely going to be when we tell our kids, Caleb, we're going to tell our kids about Johnny Manziel. I mean, I like, think if you're a college football fan and you like, you know, because, you know, a and is going to spend the money to try to be good. Like, yeah, yeah I could see 100%. my kid be like, you know, what about Texas A&M? Any great players? Like, yeah, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, but I'll Johnny say Manziel, that his best player, his best player was Mike Evans, though we never talked about that, do we, Bryce? No, no, and, and, which is insane because I was talking about that. I mean, yeah, yeah, dude. And Mike Evans was one of his receivers, but the 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 attention was just such on Johnny because he just made spectacular plays. So that tells you how good Johnny Manziel was that we didn't even talk about Mike so, Evans like oh yeah. that. <laughs> that well, no further than that. I tell you what. Sorry, I, I have one more final thought on this. Big winner of the doc, okay. Johnny's former agent. Holy crap. Oh my goodness. So him describing the lengths he went through to try to get Johnny drafted, you know, high in the first round, or at least just in the first round. Yeah. Is a great pitch. Dude, masterful job by this dude, man. He's going to get so many freaking clients. Now people are going to want him. Oh man. Incredible job. Incredible marketing and free PR. You get free. Yeah. He may have made some money on this doc. Fantastic, dude. Correct. Just Correct. fantastic. Correct. So anyway, that's my final thought on that. All right, Caleb. Are you ready to get an AFC West, man? Oh, We're yeah, closing out the AFC tonight. Yeah, we are. We are done with the AFC. Well, let's start. My first team. And I, uh, Caleb, I really had trouble trying to organize these teams about who should go first because I've so I, I have. Man, well, you want this, me to this, crow on one team. You want me well, to well yes. And we're going to say that to the end, of course, but like all of these teams are very interesting to talk about. I'm not saying like interesting and like, they're going to be good, but very interesting to talk about. Okay. So I decided to start with the Las Vegas Raiders, baby. And the ensuing disaster that this is going to be. Before we get into the actual team, let me recap their offseason for you real quick. Okay. So the Raiders went out and they got some people in free agency. They recently signed Marcus Peters. 
washed. They uh, they went out and got their quarterback after moving off Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's coming off an injury. Assistant quarterback. They signed Austin Hooper, which I will revisit momentarily. They re-signed Brandon Faison from the Colts. Have him. Congrats. Uh, they signed Robert Spillane, who is probably coming towards the end of his his prime as a linebacker. They signed Duke Shelley uh, for to, for some help in the secondary. They got Jacoby Myers from the Pats, which I actually like. I actually like Jacoby Myers. So I think he's an underrated wide receiver in the league. They signed Marcus Epps from the Eagles, and then they drafted Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech, and they also drafted Michael Mayer, the star tight end from Notre Dame. Key departures, though. Derek Carr, obviously we know how that socket ended. We don't know the full extent, and hopefully one day we do, because I'm very interested in that. Derek Carr has now moved on. They traded Darren Waller, a top five tight end, possibly a top three tight end in the league, just traded him. Uh, Quillen Farrell left. Um, they were happy to show him the door. Denzel Perryman, gone. Uh, Mac Hollins, who was actually good for them last season, gone. Uh, Rockison gone and Foster Moreau gone as well. So Caleb, looking at this roster, how do you feel about this team? What intrigues you? How do you feel, man? My my issue with the Raiders is do they know what roster they have? <laughs> like do they recognize do they recognize what they're trying to build? What kind of team are they inspiring to be? Um, I mean, look, I, I, I just think this is a an absolute. I mean, I'll use this phrase. You both say it all the time, but I feel like it's very accurate. This is a doormat franchise. <laughs> like you look at you look at this, you look at this, you look at this team and you look at the pieces that this team has. I mean, none of those guys are long term pieces. None of them. No, no. Yeah, every single right. one I, yeah, of those guys, every single one of those guys at this point are, and what I mean by guys, dudes, are Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and Max Crosby. If you want to say Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones. But you have to win with those guys like now. Yeah. Like you have to, you can't. So like they have some really nice pieces on this team, but. I mean, holy crap, man. Bryce, I watch a ton of football. I can't tell you the right side of their offensive line. I can't tell you the right side of their offensive line or their left guard. I can't tell you their offensive line. I don't know anything about them. I'm very, I, I haven't seen them play a ton. The, to me, this is a team that in spot that, you know, I mean, for crying out loud, they're worth like, top 10, I think, in terms of value of a franchise. Yeah. yeah. And I, I get it because of like the city, mm-hmm. but there's no way this team is on the field, a product of that. And, you know, I've said this, I think I might've texted you guys this before. I mean, my bold prediction is that this team's going to sell. This team's going to sell at the deadline. Like we see MLB teams sell at the deadline. That. Like yeah. we see some teams like in contention or whatever. Like you can get a lot for these guys. Like, okay, like Josh Jacobs. What the crap are you doing trying to sign him back? Like, he's a great player. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, how does he fit your team? Like, you suck. Like, you suck. 
You're not going to beat out the Chargers. You're not going to beat out the Chiefs. And that's why you would sign a player like Josh Jacobs. So I'm just lost at their roster in general. I guess my areas of concern mostly will be um, probably the offensive line and the secondary. Yeah, good points. I, I never really, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, these aren't long-term pieces. I mean, the long-term pieces that you maybe like look at, like that are going to be there for like multiple years to come, right? Obviously, Josh Jacobs would be one. I think Max Crosby is one. I think Nate Hobbs has a chance, uh, one of their corners. And then Trayvon Morig, who they drafted just a couple years ago, like, and Tyree Wilson, who they just drafted, obviously. You know, I mean, like, those are pieces that are probably going to be there for long haul. Everyone else seems just expendable at this point. I think that's a really good point. And I don't know that bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo is what's going to do it for you. And McDaniels, or we like to call McD on the pod, McD claims that the familiarity wasn't a factor in bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. Can I translate that decision? Sure, uh, please. That decision of Jimmy Garoppolo is a translation of, if this doesn't work, I'm getting fired. Oh, 100%. There is a chance, there is a very high chance he is fired after this season, maybe mid-season. There's a chance for that. Depends, and it's yeah. on the table. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how you, I mean, and then not only not only that, but Jimmy is coming off an injury. So I guess my next thing, Caleb, is is this injury? Is it full? Do you feel like it's fully healed? Is it going to come back up? Um, I mean, we've seen Jimmy G be injury prone in the past. What are your expectations of Jimmy oh, I'm G? I'm so season? concerned, dude. I'm so concerned. I recently put him in in the quarter. I recently just did a quarterback list, and I put I believe I put Garoppolo in the top 20. I can tell you right now, I think Garoppolo is very likely to slide down that list. The injuries, the injuries there, I had Jimmy Garoppolo at 19 and I could absolutely see Jimmy Garoppolo drop and drop considerably. If this season is going to be like this, they, they are going, they are going to be miserable. And I, I just, I'm afraid that Garoppolo's injury prone history has to be something you're concerned about. And yeah. if you're the if you're the Raiders, I, I don't believe Brian Hoyer is the answer. No. So no. you're looking at a just a bad, a very tough situation where it really does feel like Bryce, he is trying to make his own version of the prime 08 Pats with mm-hmm. Garoppolo being his Brady, with Devontae Adams being his Randy Moss, with Michael Mayer being the Gronkowski, Renfro being the Welker. Jones being like the Willie McGinnis type, like there's too much similarities. It scares the crap out of me because when you try to build teams that are similar to older constructions, it normally doesn't work because people will just be like, we'll just see what you've done in the past and then stop it, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and not only not to mention the season has, we're barely, we're like, what, a week and a half into training camp, Caleb? Yes. And even before training camp happened, before it even started, mm-hmm. they failed to reach a deal with Josh Jacobs. He has not signed the franchise tag. We've heard no progress being made. We heard that they might be willing to talk now. We've had no update on the Josh Jacobs contract situation, which leaves their running back situation with Zamir White, 
who is a young, young talent, but not as good as Josh Jacobs. Amir Abdullah, who's 30 years old. And Brandon Bolden, a former Pat, who's 33 years old. So not only have you screwed up the Josh Jacobs situation, but you now have your star receiver, Devontae Adams, who went, who, who went to Vegas to play with this college quarterback, Derek Carr, who you got rid who you ran out of town for Jimmy Garoppolo. I couldn't have. Devontae Adams has expressed his concern with the team. He has also expressed his, uh, his un- he's very unhappy that Josh Jacobs is not in camp. And not to Josh Jacobs' fault, to the franchise's fault for not getting a deal done. So how do you see these, situa- these two situations playing out? You think a deal will get done with Jacobs? Um, and will Devontae Adams be on the team by the end of the season? Well, I, I, I lean no to both. Um, because I just can't imagine... I just I have a very difficult time seeing the incentive for those two players to want to be on this team. I mean, I just think it's very hard to understand. I mean, if you're a guy like Devontae Adams, I mean, what is if Devontae Adams is available available at the trade deadline? Devontae Adams is probably, you know, like I don't think we've ever said this about anybody like around this time at the deadline, but like that's like the type of piece that like change your entire season. Second half. Yes. Yes. Jacobs would as well if they don't if they don't sign him and just want to let him go. Um, my issue with the rate, they need to operate like an NBA team. Like in the NFL, like they can't just lose these assets for nothing. Right. And I feel like that's close to happening, especially with Jacobs. Like I would very much consider seeing what's available on the market. There are going to be running back needy teams. And there's, especially in the middle of the season, like what getting a guy like that would change an entire team's course. And like the Raiders, they, the, the other problem with this team, Bryce, is their lack of draft capital. Like yeah. because of the moves that they did make, like they're, they tried to gain it back, but like it's not, it, they, they definitely need to have stronger draft capital because this team is going to be in a really bad spot. Like, I wasn't even that crazy about their draft this year. Tyree Wilson, I mean, I don't love. They're basically just really praying. He just comes out and be a stud. Um, but I'm not, I'm just I'm very worried about this team. And if I was Jacobs and Adams, I, I, I wouldn't sign there. So I think the Raiders should be very concerned. Yeah, I mean, especially if I'm Josh Jacobs looking at this offensive line where they basically did nothing to well, like upgrade Miller. it. Yeah, sure. Colton Miller, yeah, left tackle. But, I mean, yikes. You're right. Yikes. I mean, I, and not to mention, you uh, you have an injury-prone quarterback back there. If he's out, your, your season is screwed. Like, we could see, I mean, there's a distinct possibility that we could see Aiden O'Connell, Caleb, this season. And, I mean, we know he can sling it, but this isn't Purdue. This isn't freaking Purdue, you know? Like I, I'm out on that. This if is that just happens. a disaster. I, I, in our, in our over under draft, I took Raiders under win total. Like there's a very good chance. Like this team, like just absolutely just sucks. Yeah. And you're right. They could become organ donors for, for the playoff, the, the playoff contending teams. Absolutely. Probably should be. 
Yeah. And, and which sucks because I think like, like shifting to the defense, like there's some, like there's some good talent on this defense and that, and that's going to go to waste too. Like Max Crosby, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, yeah. Yeah. Chandler Jones, who did not really live up to his contract last season. In my opinion, um, he only had four and a half sacks, which is, yeah, I that's, just thought that's not weird. Yeah. That is not great at all. I, yeah. I think that has to be like his lowest. Yeah, it's his lowest. It's gonna be the lowest by well, uh, twenty twenty. Um, he, he I think though? he mainly he had one sack. Like his his next lowest season was back when he was in New England. He had he had six sacks twice in New England. But he was double. He is double digit sacks automatically, like every season, every year. Right. So that's going to, that's going to waste. I don't know what's going on there, but. I mean, I like Nate Hobbs. You know, that was a late draft pick they had like a year or two ago, and he showed flashes. Got to see if he keeps it up. Uh, but signing Marcus Peters to be your second corner, I don't know, Caleb. Okay, this this defense, like I like their I like their pass rush. I like that defensive line. But outside of that, this is looking looking thin. They're desperate, man. And like I, I mean, this is like in Vegas, you're gonna have to kill it. Like, yeah, because I'm gonna go. You know, I mean, when people think of Vegas, they don't. I mean, you know, they're gonna think about the casinos. They're gonna think about vacation. They're not gonna think about. My point is, they're not gonna think about sports unless you're successful, right? Like the part of the reason the Las Vegas Knights are what they are is because of their success. So I can't. I I think this could get really ugly, and. I think it, it could be one of the like a really bad season would not shock me at all if they finished with the worst record in the league at all. And I think I think that, you know, if this group doesn't figure it out. They're going to have to make changes because I don't see how a franchise in Vegas can be a doormat franchise like that. That's not going to work in that city because you, you just aren't even you're just not going to profit. You're not going to succeed as a business. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the Raider fan base is one of the strongest in the NFL. I think people still go, but I mean, you could lose, you could lose like the the Vegas locals' interest. You know, if you. I mean, that. yeah, because the fact is, like, like okay, like if they do what we think they should do, it should make local fans mad. They had Dan, Dan Devante Adams. They didn't know how to make a, a surrounding core with him. They they had Josh Jacobs and. They just now realized last year that the guy could be a dominant back. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's hard to understand like what they're doing. So like, yeah, I definitely feel bad for their fans. I, I, I guess my point is like, I just think this, this team is, you know, in that city, it can't afford to be the worst team in that division. It just can't. I agree, man. I agree. I agree. They're a top 10. They're in the top 10 most valuable franchises. But yet they don't have enough money, supposedly, to fire McD and get a real coach in there and turn this thing around. Well, or sign Jacobs, you know, whatever. Or sign Jacobs. Yeah, it's it's laughable, dude. It is just laughable. Yeah. So anyway, we're pretty low on the on the uh, yes on the Raiders is essentially what we're saying here. Yeah. All right, Caleb. Let's shift to the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Um disappointing into their season last season, blowing a massive lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the wild card game. Epic game to watch though. Really epic game to watch. Um, but nonetheless, 
the Chargers lost, and they made a few change or they made a, a pretty significant change, Caleb. So to kind of recap their their off season, um, they brought in Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator from the Cowboys, which we're going to talk extensively about that. Um, and then they they signed Eric Kendricks from the Vikings, and they drafted Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU. But other than that, they're pretty quiet as far as the uh, the moves that they made. Um, they did have a couple departures. Matt Filer from the offensive line, Kyle Van Noy, who's kind of like their depth, uh, Bryce Callahan, uh, Callahan, Nasir Adderley, DeAndre Carter, and Drew Tranquil from that linebacking core, which I like Tranquil a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, getting Kendricks to fill that spot is not a bad deal either. Um, so, Caleb, how do you feel about the Chargers this year? before we kind of do a deep dive on them. Well, I mean, I think they're obviously the one thing you can always say about every Chargers team, right? Is just their talent, the way that they're, they're just, they really know how to bring in talent, period. Uh, they know how to manage their money and they don't want to manage the cap. I think Tom Velasco is one of the best GMs in the league. And this off season really, you know, suggested that, right? I mean, a very strong uh, decision uh, to get, you know, player, that it did a lot of really nice pieces into this defense. I mean, you're looking at, I, I got to think JC will be better than he was last year. Yeah. I got to think that, um, I got to think Samuel only gets better. 100%. Murray with Kendricks gets better. Um, so I'm, I'm very in on this defense. Like, I think, I think they could be a little bit better than what they were last year and get closer to where they were at the second half of last year, uh, which is when I really love this team. And, yeah. I mean, offensively, you can make a genuine case. This is the best skill set in the NFL, best skill groups in the NFL, and you can buy them all. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got, yeah. you know, studs everywhere. You know, you got Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen, you got Quentin Johnson, who I, I got to think they'll want to involve, you know, Everett's, you know, a fine tight end. Eckler's, I mean, Eckler's Eckler. He's one of the best running backs in the league. And not to mention you have Palmer and, and Guyton just waiting there like, the talent of this team is stupidly good. And I think that if this team could build upon what they did defensively, um, any, you could tell me anything about this team and I, and I could be like, yeah, I could see it, but they just have to put pieces together because their issue has always been trying to find health. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, uh, like we know the injury issues uh, within that receiving core and that linebacking core and even the secondary. Uh, so yeah, it is a matter of staying healthy and I'm very excited about this. See, this team is loaded with talent. Like you said, I mean, although way, Justin Herbert just got the bag, Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, uh, you got, you got Joey Bosa, Kendricks, Murray, Mack, JC Jackson, Derwin James, Asani Samuel. Like playmakers all over the freaking field on both sides of the ball. Like this team is ready to rock. The only thing that was holding them back was freaking Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi was a disgrace and a disservice to Justin Herbert and his talent. Now they bring in Kellen Moore, which Kellen Moore is thanking the high heavens that he actually gets a good quarterback to to work with now a good quarterback that can actually execute a full offense. Unlike Dak Prescott. Yeah. You heard me. You heard me. Justin Herbert is way more talented 
than Dak Prescott, and it's not close. Sure, but don't, I mean, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but Hurley is a great cousins. quarterback. He's better than your boy cousin. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. You were on the cousin train with me. You don't get to do that. What do you mean I don't get to do that? Why can't I say Dak Prescott's better than Kirk Cousins? No, you can, but you're saying that's my boy. That, like, that's your Didn't boy, you too. Not? That's your boy, okay, too. You've defended, you've defended Cousins to the end of the earth, and I have fallen. I have fallen away. Especially over the way that he oh, finished the no. season. Oh, I am not as in on him as I'm not as hit on him. You were riding him all the way to the playoffs with I was, don't well, even, I was don't riding even. the Vikings. I was liking the Vikings. You're right. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and right. cousins. And cousins. You were you, you were riding with cousins. All right, whatever. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. So Herbert with more, I think there's going to be a lot more deep balls. I think it's going to be a better offensive scheme. It's not going to be basic. I now here's what I expect with, with this. I, I expect to see better third down plays. I expect Staley to to save himself from himself and not go for fourth downs like absurdly crazy amount on their own side of the field. Right. Be smart with it, because I think you got a real chance with Justin Herbert, regardless of what the score is or or where you're at on the field. Like I just I think it truly Herbert is that much of a talent that they can pop off plays anytime they want, especially with this receiving court mm-hmm. and Austin Eckler. So, Caleb, I mean, what do you expect um, Herbert with more this season? What do you expect out of this offense? Uh, yeah, man. Talk to me. Uh, I mean, I top five offense in the league should be their expectation. Um, and I think they got to be in that conversation, top five, top eight, top 10. Like they got to be there. Um, they're just, they're, they got to be, they're too talented. Um, I think if they, if they can get to that point, like with Herbert, especially like, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, he is a guy that like, I could totally see get an MVP. The prop that, you know, and he kind of had, he was going pretty strong. But then he had that, you know, cartilage injury that just really like hurt him. Like it just, he was trying to play through it and he was still playing well, but like you knew that his full potential wasn't there. And I feel like if they can get their offensive line healthy, like Slater got hurt, unfortunately, like all their guys got hurt at some point. If they can keep him relatively healthy, not have the injury bug as much, like, I could totally see Justin Herbert be a top five quarterback in the 2023 season. That's very realistic. And that should be their expectation. And if they can get to that point, like, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they really make the chiefs earn the division title. Like, like it felt like last year that was kind of happening. And then, you know, the, the Chargers just literally like they had all this stuff, like Herbert's injury, et cetera. And it just like tumbled them down. As they and then they got it back the second half, but the Chiefs already had the division in, the t- in, in their hands. So, I mean, I think for them, like they should be looking to push for that for the AFC West. They should. I don't know if I think they will, but I think they should. Do you feel? Uh, do you feel Herbert could be a potential MVP candidate this season? I mean, yeah, like you said. I mean, the, the deep shots are going to be there. I mean, I think Kellen Moore has proven to be a you know, a very nice offensive coordinator and, and certainly better than Lombardi. So, I mean, if he, if he just allows him to open his arm up a little bit, get the ball down deep, you know, get some guys in there, get health. I, mean, I think the fact that they're going to have those receivers and the depth that they can have 
really help them out, put less pressure on this team. Cause I mean, I'm in on, I mean, I, I, I like him a lot. I mean, they're a great team. I loved them last year. I loved them last year and going into the preseason and this year, like, I mean, I don't know, Bryce, like a lot of people always talk about the Chargers in the preseason. It doesn't feel like that hype is there as much this year. And that might be good for them. Yeah. It might be a good thing. Yeah, man. They may not be looking at them. Um, yeah. I mean, I think this team definitely needs to, you know, with the change they made, I think they definitely need to make the playoffs. Agreed. Like, I think it's, it's put up or shut up time. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, you get to the, you got, yeah, you, you got the bag now, Justin Herbert. And, and I don't know this is necessarily on Justin Herbert to begin with, but when you get paid that amount of money, there are certain expectations. I agree with that. Uh, so the expectation is you need to start making the playoffs. Yeah, I know your division's kind of tough, but right. it is definitely doable. Like, give me this sure. team over the Jets. Like, 100%. Please, please give me them over the Jets. 100%. Like, are you kidding me? 100%. So, I agree. Uh, I want to shift to this because I think so Austin Eckler had an insane, insane season last year. Like as far as like, I think he had like a total of like 17 touchdowns, which I mean, that's a lot. And that's between rushing and receiving uh, kind of raised. He's kind of been at the forefront of the running back market um, as far as, you know, he demanded a trade supposedly, um, you know, he was part of that, that zoom with all the running backs uh, asking what they can do to improve their, their market seemed like a pointless call, but um, do you feel like Austin Eckler can repeat this type of season or was that just kind of once in a career type season? I mean, I don't know. I, it just seems like the expectations would be really high. I mean, not almost rushed for a thousand. Um, he, he caught, he had over 700 receiving yards a lot of usually there's a lot of miles on the running back. He's 28 years old now. How do you see his season playing out? Can he keep it up? Uh, Cause there, I, man, that's a the touchdown that's a numbers for me were probably are probably the toughest part for him. But I mean, like he, I mean, I definitely think he's going to be a focal point of what they do. Um, and, and I don't know if it's going to be at the level that it was last year, but I think he, I, th- I mean, I think he'll be a solid player. I mean, I'm taking him in the first round of fantasy. Like, you know, I'm doing that still at this point. I just think to expect what he did last year, like you said, is probably just a little over, you know, just not not very realistic. And I think that would concern me if I was, you know, the Chargers. And, and, and if I was a Chargers fan is if they try to treat him like he's what he what he was last couple of years, like. I don't know if that's the smartest thing for them to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely balance it out. I like to see Isaiah Spiller get a little more involved. I think he, I think he's got some talent. Um, you know, we'll see Joshua Kelly obviously too, but I mean, with, with the upgrades in the receiving core, I don't see why Eckler needs to shoulder that much of the load. still. Uh, but you know, you never know. I yeah, mean, we'll you, see. you will see. I mean, with Kellen Moore, he's really never had, Outside of Tony Pollard. Right. I mean, that's been the closest thing he's had to an Austin Eckler before. So, I mean, I guess it'll be interesting to see how he uses them and what, what it'll do. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, shifting to the defense. I think, uh, I think Brandon Staley can finally really focus on this defense and really make it something amazing and good. Uh, I'm all in on this defense. 
Caleb, I, I think you said the same thing. I think there's a couple holes, but I mean, Probably nothing too. that can't be. I, I don't Agreed. know. This thing yeah, is nothing, loaded. Nothing like over the top. Nothing. This might be, this could be the best defense in the division. It, it could be. The only one that would challenge it, in my opinion, would, would obviously be Denver. And we'll get to them in a moment. It, it's underrated. Yeah. I will say that. It's underrated. Um, I don't think of this defense typically as like a top level defense, but like they, they could be like, it wouldn't shock me if they were like on the, like the outskirts of being a top 10 defense, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't like terribly shock me. I, I just think the, the key for me is they've got to get a really strong year out of JC. And if they can do that, then, then they're going to be in a really good spot. But like last year, he really just didn't have it. And they can't afford for that to happen again. They don't have the depth that they had from last year. And I think if this team wants to accomplish that, they want to get to that point. Like they're going to need him to be that dude and, you know, help out Asante um, to get to where he needs to be. But I, I do like this defense. I do think Kendrick's being a veteran is going to help. Um, I do like the move. I do, you know, I think, you know, players like Sebastian Joseph Day are nice pieces to have interior defense. So, I, I like the I, I like this team. I like this team a lot, and I have a difficult time thinking that they won't make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, if if you forgot who Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack were, uh, well, they're probably going to reintroduce themselves this year, my opinion. And I do think Asante Samuel can hold his own. Um, I think he's going to be better. I think he could work his way into the top ten corner list after this season. I think that's a real possibility. Uh, a lot of good corners out there, but I think he is still on the up. He is definitely still on the up. So playoff team for sure. I, I think it has to happen, but I'm excited to watch the charger. If they're on, if they're on prime time, hundred percent watching them. I don't care who they're playing. hundred percent. No doubt. Yeah. They're fun to watch. All right, Caleb, let's shift to the Denver Broncos. Uh, very interesting off season that they had. Um, obviously they get Sean Payton as the coach. I think they nailed that higher. Um, then they go out and they signed Frank Clark and Zach Allen to bolster their, their defensive line. Uh, they do some major upgrades of the offensive line as well. They get Mike McGlinchey, um, and Ben powers, um, from the Ravens. And then they also get Fabian Moreau, Brett Meyer from the Cowboys, Marquez Calloway, who <laughs> they may have to use sooner rather than later. And then they also draft Marvin Mims, another promising wide receiver. Um, and then they really didn't lose much, though, Caleb. Uh, I mean, they lost Graham Glasgow and Dalton Risner from the offensive line, but again, they replaced them. Um, weird that they cut Brandon McManus. I thought that was really weird. I still think he's one of the best kickers in the league. Right. Um, and then Draymond Jones departs from that defensive line as well. So, Caleb, what are your overall thoughts on the Denver Broncos, coach hire, uh, the upgrades that they made? How you feel? I think they personally think the uh, the coaching hire is going to be incredible. Or it's going to suck. I mean, I, I don't oh, see a middle ground on. there. I really don't. I don't see it's a middle ground. It's not going to suck. It's not. It, I don't see a middle ground. I don't see but a it, middle ground. It's, it's either going to go really suck. well. It's either going to go really well or it's not, Bryce. Is it going to be his fault, though, if it goes wrong? I mean, I would blame Wilson. Yeah, I mean, that seems like the obvious fall guy. But like at the same time, you know, this was a guy that he had his pick. This he had his pick of destinations. 
I think everyone would agree with that. Yeah. And I think everyone would agree that if some of those jobs were open, AKA the chargers were open or he got a wink, wink that you could go there. It probably would have happened. So this is the place that he chose. So I get it, Bryce. I get that. He's not necessarily the top ball guy, but I do think there's some criticism that has to be had if he's not great. And I, I look at this, this Denver team. And I think that they, I think their defense, there's obviously some talent on the defense, right? I mean, Gregory's nice. Okay. Uh, I, I think Clark is a, a pretty nice second rusher. Uh, they, I like Sertan. I think, Probably the best corner division. I like mm-hmm. I like the, the the safety duo of of Jackson Simmons. It's classic, but I don't care. It's good. Uh, I, I'm not crazy on Singleton and Jewel, but I, I look at their I look at their you know their defense. I think it's very solid and offensively. I I mean yeah, I have concerns about Russell Wilson. I mean I do. I mean I, I don't think you can go through last season and say that you don't have any. Um, I like the receivers. I don't think it's the receivers' fault. Uh, that that it happened. Uh, they're both talented. They're both really nice pieces, and I, I think there was a reason that teams were calling about Judy in the first place. So, I mean, I think I think they're going to be a very nice. I think they're going to be very competitive. Um, very competitive. I don't think they're going to absolutely suck, but like, I do think that this team has very high expectations that they have put on themselves, and they have to show it. Well, let me just tell you. Let me just start off by this. Okay. You can book that Russell Wilson is going to have a way better season. And I think Sean Payton is the correct guy to, to come in and fix this. But what's he's way establishing, better? Well, I mean, it's better than anything you saw last season. I think we're going to see, we're going to see old Russell Wilson. I think that's what we're going to see. So you top 10 quarterback. By the end I don't of next know about year, top 10. We- top 15, I can see. I can see top 15. I think Sean Payton is the correct guy. He doesn't take crap. He's been in the league long enough. He's not going to come out of retirement for just any old mamby-pamby job, right? If he feels like he can fix it, he's going to fix it. He's establishing the culture. They're getting – the injury bug is starting to sink in again, but they are getting somewhat healthy. Um, I think that this – I think they're going to be better. I think they could push – they could push some teams in the AFC West. I I think there is a chance for that. They can't no, sleep on them. No, they're they're definitely a, a mess around find out team. Uh-huh. They're definitely that. I agree with that. Because that defense is legit. I, uh, I think that offense is gonna be legit when you know, as long as they stay healthy, you know, mm-hmm. Sutton and Judy stay healthy and Javante Williams looks good coming off that ACL. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it's going to be legit. So I mean, I mean, the question goes to you, Caleb. I say yes. Can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? I mean, I I think I think top ten's gone. Um, but like, and I guess that's why I say no, because I think when I'm looking at the the Broncos, okay, and say Russell Wilson becomes what you think he might be, which is a top 15 quarterback. I don't think that changes the ceiling of what I believe this team could be. I just don't. I think if he's a top 15 team quarterback, they're probably not making the playoffs. And 
this roster is built to make the playoffs. Like that's the initial, like that's what their goal is. Like they believe they have the talent. You look at the draft, you look at the capital. They spent 120, 126 million on that offense, 105 on the defense, and they have paid a crap ton of money to the D line. Like they, they are very, they have done a lot to try to win. And I simply can't put this team over the Chargers and I can't put them over the Chiefs. I, I can't do it. And I just kind of have a feeling they're going to be mediocre. And then it just leads you to another question of like, is he just fine? Like, I think he's closer to the Jimmy G tier of a quarterback. Oh, come on. Then, come on. Than a top 10 type of quarterback. Like, oh, come on. Jimmy, he's closer to me. He's closer to Jimmy G. He's closer to Jimmy G than he is. Tua. No, come on. You're taking Tua over Russell uh, Wilson? Absolutely. Oh, unreal. Dude. Absolutely. Unreal. Absolutely. Come I'm doing on. that all day. With a with a tough coach, offensive coach like that? Probably one of the top 10 coaches of our lifetime? That's great. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm not saying that he can't coach. That's not what I'm saying. But you're asking. But like. If this team is third in the division, I have a difficult time seeing them make the playoffs, which at that point just leads you to another conversation of, is he the guy or not? And so I don't think it necessarily changes. He could be better than he was last year, but I don't think the conversations around this franchise change. I just don't. I just don't. I feel like we're going to have the same conversations. I feel like we're going to have the same conversations the following season. Not necessarily like, oh my gosh, like, such bad coaching, like Peyton's going to be a better coach, but like, I don't think it's going to change with Russell Wilson that much. I have him. I have him right now at 21 at quarterbacks. Oh my gosh. Unreal. I mean, I personally just don't see him push. I, I, I don't see him. Like, I, I mean, I, I'll take a Gino over him right now. Oh, come on, Caleb. No, no, no way. I am. I am. Oh, unreal. I'm man. taking, I'm taking Gino. I'm taking Gino. Right now, over Russell's. No way. I mean, yeah, I just, I just don't buy it, man. I just don't buy it. That's fine. I mean, if you... they can stay healthy, which, which, I mean, brings me. I mean, the injury bug has already hit this team, right? So you think Tim they make Patrick, the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. I oh, mean, come on, bro. the AFC is really loaded. They probably miss it, uh, but not by much. Not by much. Because there, I All think right. there's just a lot of other good teams. All right, fair enough. I, the injury bug has hit the Denver Broncos already. Tim Patrick, um, KJ Hamler, Riley Moss, who they drafted, Javante Williams coming off an injury, and now Mike McGlinchey is is expected to be out a couple weeks. Um, ah, Caleb, I mean, it just it just seems like it, they they just can't catch a break right now, and maybe it is the football gods karma. Um, you know, with Sean Payton making the comments about Nathaniel Hackett, which. I don't know why people are up in arms about that. He said nothing false, but I guess there's some code. I just don't talk bad about other coaches. Fine, whatever. Never heard of that. Uh, but maybe this is part of it. But if if they can stay healthy the rest of the season, I mean, do you, I mean, do you feel like this team could be something? I. Uh... I just think they're in the mediocre stage. 
So I just think they're the mediocre stage. I just kind of think they're mediocre. Okay. Okay. Well, then let's talk about the offensive line upgrades. So that was a big problem for them. Yeah. Last season and contributed to them just sucking, just flat out sucking, not giving Russell Wilson enough time to throw or find guys. Couldn't get plays in. But I mean, Caleb, I, I like the way this offensive line looks now with McGlinchey, Minerts, Cushionberry, Powers, and Bowles. I think that's got to be one of the best offensive lines in the division, if I'll not the NFL. That. I'll get behind that. And Look, I think you that and makes I love a world of difference. Oh, I love Cushionberry. We love Cushionberry. Oh, we well, love Cushionberry. Like, well, Absolutely. We think he's Absolutely. a little underrated offensive line in the NFL. Like, look, I, I think. I, I agree with you. I think the offensive line's really good for this team. But you had Billy I'm washed and won a paycheck turner last year. Yeah. You don't have you you have a very nice, strong group of offensive line. And if that's the argument, Bryce, for this team being successful, I can get behind that. I can get behind that because they are investing in the trenches. They are investing in the trenches. But I, I just you know, if they if they can get the type of offensive line they need, and look. I mean, a lot of this, like you said earlier, is going to have to depend upon Javante because, I mean, I, that guy was on pace to be a top 10 running back last year. Like, yes, he was he on was. pace to be yes, he that was. good. He was, honestly, if you look at what he did, he was on pace to potentially be the best back in the division. Yeah. He was on it, and, and that says a lot considering who's in that division. And if he, if he, can, if he can get anything close to that, um, that would be where you could change my mind on the playoffs. But like, again, this team's not going to win because of passing. They're not. If Russell Wilson throws a ball, here's, here's my opinion on the Broncos. If Sean Payton tries to play it like the Saints, where he throws 50 times or 45 times with Drew Brees, this team's going to suck. Suck. Okay. They're going to have to balance their approach. He cannot afford to have 25. He's going to have to have 25 pass attempts, 30 pass attempts with Russell Wilson at the max. And they're going to have to run the ball down their people's throats. They're going to have to really be aggressive in that regard because I don't see how this team can be what Sean Payton is accustomed to, which is a team that throws the ball like 100% of the time. I think he knows that, though. I think he knows what he has. I, I have to see he, it, though. I, I, have to see it. I don't think he's dumb, though. I have to see it. I have to see it. I can okay. say, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You want to talk? Uh, fine. I'll jump right into it right now. You want to talk about something I underrated last year? Sure. Coaching. I underrated coaching last year because my issue with co- my, my thing was I thought these, I thought some of these guys were just, were going to be better. And therefore I thought the talent of the team was going to be really good. And, and because I thought the talent was going to be really good, I thought the coaching would be okay. Okay. But like if Pete, it does mean a lot when you're not in the NFL, when you're not on the grind on a consistent basis, it does mean something. I don't care that he was on NFL Fox. I don't care. It's different being a coach and staying as a coach and then going into a new job. It's just different. It's just different. Ask a guy Jeff Saturday. I think this is a a situation where if he does not adjust his overall principles of the game, of the game, this could be major, major problems for this Broncos game. Because I really genuinely believe this thing, this team, whether I agree with it or not, it's a different conversation. But I think this team believes like they have, they're like a deep playoff. You look at the money, you look at the capital, you look at what they're trying to attempt. That's what they're acting like. 
I mean, I'm not, I'm, it's not out of the realm. Like, is it like, there is no way in the world. A, I think they're going to be better than the Chargers and Chiefs. You can lock that in. Well, not better than the Chiefs, but I mean, if the Chargers, if it truly oh, is, is, if it truly is like, they're just, if it's Staley, you want to talk about coaching, maybe they need to get rid of Staley. If, if they lose this again, if they suck again this year, or they are there for, you know, they make the playoffs and they're out the first round, like Staley's gone. Like you want to talk about coaching, like there Fair may enough. need to be a change there. Fair enough. You're right. I, and it, we don't want to underrate that either. Like, no, again, we've seen it time and time again, right? Talented teams, talented players, and they're terrible because of coaching. You're right. You're right. So I don't think it's out of the realm that this that this Broncos team could make the playoffs. I just think it's very hard. If they if this team was in the really AFC hard. or in the NFC, 100% playoff team, 100%. Not even close. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't I mean, do it. I, I, I uh, God. You can't do it. You, you, if this is an NFC team, playoffs all day long. Seven days I'm a week, at the conference. 365. I'm looking at the conference. You got no, Niners? No, I wouldn't Eagles, say that. Team. No. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Go get a room with your Cowboys. Go get a room with your Cowboys. Go on. Wait, wait, hold up. Hold up. You think Broncos oh, yeah. are better than the Cowboys? I think there's a there's a chance. Oh my god. <laughs> there's a chance. Have you seen the way Doc's Jack's been playing at camp? Sucks. Oh, Sucks. Crap. Are you Lamb. serious right now? Are you serious, Lamb's right not able to, you seriously? You seriously believe the Broncos are better than the current construction they, of Dallas Cowboys? They definitely Cowboys? could be. They definitely could be. Sweet Jesus. They definitely Sweet could be. Jesus. All right, move on, move on, move on. Because you're going to try to make me crow and whatever. And no, I'm no, no. Here, and I've got a defense and I've got a defense coming for you. Right no, now. You, don't, you don't have a defense for, for yeah, I do. just incompetency. No, I don't, you don't have I mean, that. No. Fine, fine. Let's talk about it then. Let's yeah. go to the Chiefs. You made one of the worst takes the network has ever seen. You picked the You're Chiefs correct. to finish the last You're correct. in the AFC West last You're season. You're correct. Why? I don't know. Well, I but value Tyreek Hill's production and, and what he did for the offense, even though yeah, I wasn't okay. like. Well, you know what you that. undervalued? Coaching. The best quarterback that has ever lived. Patrick, I, 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 I don't know. I don't No, I don't. Yeah, you, you, did. you, you yeah, like you to sit did. there and say that you like to sit there and say that Zach and I disrespect I'm a homes. We sit there and we call him the best quarterback in the league. We just can't put him as the greatest of all time. Like yourself, goat. who just basically needs a wish. A make, you know, basically puts a, a, puts a wish into the water fountain. Puts a wish into the water fountain, just begging, just, okay. just can't even okay. think about the histor- okay. history of the game. Last. Just so ignorant of the history that you just think Mahomes is automatic. He is. <laughs> I know what I'm getting. I know what I'm getting. I know what I'm getting. I, fine. We'll get into it. Um, okay. let, let's recap their, their offseason first. Uh, they signed Donovan Smith from the Bucks. Uh, they got Juwan Taylor from the Jags to fill some gaps in the offensive line, make it better. Uh, they signed Richie James, which Caleb, me and you like some Richie James, don't we? Yeah, he produced. We we do like some he Richie produced. James. I like Richie he James. He produced. Uh, they signed Mike Edwards from the Bucks. Some safety help there. 
Uh, Drew Tranquil from the Chargers, which I actually like this. This is kind of a little underrated pickup right here, Caleb, uh, for a defense that's always been kind of average. Yeah, um, and their linebacking core might actually be the strongest of this defensive unit. On I think low. Bolton's good. Bolton is so freaking good, dude. And Willie Gay is is no slouch either, yeah, man. Like he is good. Like this linebacking core is solid. Um, and then uh, they they got uh, Charles uh, Ominahu from the Niners, and they drafted Rasheed Rice. Which Caleb, I know you like you some Rasheed Rice too. I so, do. Uh, they did lose Orlando Brown. Um, hence why they made some signings for the offensive line. Frank Clark, goodbye, Frank Clark. Goodbye, you bum. Uh, they lost Juju, Carlos Dunlap, Andrew Wiley, Nicole Hardman, goodbye. And Juan Thornhill, which I think kind of hurts. Juan Thornhill was solid for them. Uh-huh. Um, so I, hence why they signed Mike Edwards. So, uh, Caleb, what are your overall thoughts of the defending champs uh, and their roster and their season coming up? I think this is the best defense in the Mahomes era of the Chiefs. I agree. And, that, and it's still not saying much. It's not because the defense is typically, I mean, they, they're just not very good. But like the talent level on this team is like really, really good. Like normally that's like one of my biggest issues with the Chiefs and why I'm not as consistently high on them as like a lot of people are. Like I'm not as like, oh my gosh, like because I just worry about their defensive production. But like I can really see the defensive production here. I can see a good linebacking duo. I can see Chris Jones. I mean, maybe the holdout thing is something to watch for, but when he's healthy, he's really good. And I mean, I can see Carlop this having a better season. And I'll be honest, like, I think their secondary is like really freaking good. Like, I think it's like really, really really good. I mean, like, I like what McDuffie can do. I like Snead in the slot. I mean, like Watson's fine. Like, I like that secondary. And I think Justin Reed's really good. I, 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 I think this defense is a lot better. In like one of my bigger arguments for one of the predictions that I'm going to make actually about the Chiefs, um, I I don't get their decision with the offensive line, and I understand Jawan Taylor is good, but like, I mean, I'd rather draft somebody to pick up Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith is the king of holding and false starts. Like, just give him the throne. I mean, like. What's the logic there? I mean, I guess it was three million just to get a vet in there, but like, I definitely worried about the left tackle spot, and I think anybody that's not crazy, um, it'll be fine. Well, probably because if somehow home base work, but like, I definitely have concerns. And then I, I really, really, I, I mean, I think the team. I'll be honest. I think if Chiefs, if Chiefs are going to do anything this year, I think it's got absolutely nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes on. Okay. I think they're going to be a very, I think Pacheco could be a top 10 running back by the oh, end of the year. I, I agree. I actually agree with this. And if, if he, I and made if, a prediction if, on if him. Pache- if Pacheco can be that guy and there might be a chance, he, there might be a chance to get bell cow that thing. I agree. Then I, I kind of think that's going to be really different for this Chiefs team. And that really intrigues me. That shows me a sustained success. That 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 can be repeated. That can be translated. I wasn't crazy, Bryce. On uh, okay, I, I going back to my bad preseason take. Okay, my my issue with my issue with the team last year was a couple things. Okay, I, I didn't trust their passing, their passing weapons, and I still kind of don't. I don't necessarily trust their wide receivers. I don't. I don't think the receivers are that good. 
Um, but like, I think the part that they kind of do differently than everybody else is like, they will pay, like they pay Kelsey, like what you think the top receiver in the NFL would get. Right. So it's kind of like, they look at Kelsey, like a wide receiver and then mm-hmm. like the oh, rest yeah. goes down. Oh yeah. So, I mean, if they do that again, okay. Like I know Kelsey's like really good. He's one of the best tight ends ever, but, but like, I'm not, I, I have a very tough time relying on Marcos Valescaling and Demarius Tony when the game is on the line. I just do. <laughs> I just do. And I don't think there's anything wrong in that. I have legitimate concerns. I think, I don't think they're talent. I don't think they're talented enough to be able to make something happen without a scheme without the greatness of a Patrick Mahomes. And at some point you have to like kind of not make it so somewhat difficult for Mahomes because I don't think the coaching of this team is, you know, obviously reads one of the best and I get that and so much of that system, but I'm worried about the, the receiver talent. And I genuinely believe this team needs to be run first. I really do. And I think if they're run first, well, I, I well, let me make the assumption right now. I think they're going to be a run first team. I think their defense is better. And because I think their defense is better, and because I think they're going to be a run first team, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to repeat for the Super Oh, all in this time, huh? I, I look, I, yeah, that was I actually mean, one of my questions. But, I, but, and, 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 and it's, but it really, I, I'm not saying that Mahomes doesn't have anything to do with it. That's not what I'm saying. He's the best quarterback in the league. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, but my point is, I think what they have done around him makes more sense than what I thought they did last year. Okay. And I just think their direction. roster construction makes more sense. And I just think it's more real. Like, I think you look at this roster and it's real. As opposed to some, as opposed to my opinion last year, where I did not feel like that roster was good enough. And mm-hmm. I... I mean, you could call me crazy. You could call me selfish because they just won the title. But like, I don't think the roster was all that great. I mean, it was mostly just Mahomes just making just displays that were just one of a kind. Like, it really was, Bryce. I mean, their defense was not sure. was their defense was not great. It it was it just wasn't. It Playing plays good play. enough. It does, but it was not it was not a great unit. And that was one thing I mentioned. And I, you know, you, you can tell me all you want. You can say all you want to me that they don't that they, that you know they can say all they want that they don't you know that they can replace Tyreek Hill and they can replace the type of production that he brought. I, I personally do not agree that they did. I just think Mahomes and Kelsey were just historically great, probably up there with one of the best quarterback and tight end seasons in in league history. Yeah. So I guess I I have a couple things. One, I get what you're saying about the receivers. I'm 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 gonna take this approach with it though, Kim. Okay. I know that you're not thrilled by the talent, right? On here, you don't see probably what you're saying. You don't see a true number one guy. Is that fair to say? No, not a receiver. Okay. So I'm of the opinion that they're doing a strength in numbers thing. Right? A lot of these guys have very similar skill sets, but a lot of them have different skill sets. And the way that the with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and his playmaking ability, plus Andy Reid's schemes and plays that, that he comes up with, a lot of these guys 
are, are yes, legitimate wide receivers, but they, they can also be used as in any shape or form as a gadget guy. Right. I, I, Kadarius Tony can make plays. MVS can take the top off of defense, right? Sky Moore. It, we, we don't, we don't 100% know, but we've seen him make some plays. You know, he's shifty, he's fast. Um, he, they use him a lot on, you know, some, some shifty plays. Sure. Sure. Rasheed Rice, we're going to find out. He's a rookie this year. They got to right? have him good. Um, Richie James of Vets. A veteran receiver who is shifty, can play slot, can get open. Justin Ross misses rookie year with an injury, up and coming. That's your jump ball guy. Like if if there was anyone that was yeah, going to emerge, right. yeah, right. Justin Ross might be it as long as he can stay healthy. Right? They have guys. Not to mention Travis Kelsey. And then you sprinkle in guys like Noah Gray, Justin Watson, Blake Bell, Jody Fortson, which, by the way, Travis Kelsey has mentioned Jody Fortson on his podcast about a guy that's, you know, it's starting to come up a little bit. I don't feel like that's nothing, by the way. I'm not saying that's going to turn into something, but I don't think that's nothing. And then you look at the you look at the, the running backs that they have. Right. Pacheco. We know what he can do. Derek McKinnon, we know he can catch touchdowns. Uh-huh. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Eh. God. Still, it's better than most people's third string running back. You're right. You're right. right? But I got him. You're right. Right. No, agree. Deneric Prince has been making some plays in camp, right? They have capable guys. And, and I think it, it really just is a strength in numbers, right? It's it, everything surrounds yeah. Kelsey as your yeah. centerpiece, right? But right. you just need guys to complement that. And just to do their job and make plays, you be in the spot. I guarantee you, Patrick Mahomes is going to get you the ball. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. So I, I look at it a little bit differently. I see a lot of playmakers on this roster. And let me tell you, for all the fantasy players out there, the Kansas City Chiefs, outside of Kelsey and Mahomes, are not a fantasy friendly team. Outside of that, just FYI. Well, and just, just FYI. Well, they are, but they could be though. For I, I talked to you about this before. Like, it's, it's, they're interesting in the sense of finding guys in the late rounds. Because here's the thing, yes. Bryce, you know, I'm project, I'm seeing Tony and Scantling as their one, two. That's what I got right 100%, now. 100%, not 100% agree. Now, here's the thing it would not shock me if by week 11, we see, Rasheed Rice and Richie James as the number one and number two option. Sure. Like that's the, that's kind of like you said, the strength and numbers aspect of it, but it's kind of what makes them a little unpredictable. And, you know, it worries for me, it's a little worrisome because if you, I mean, tight ends, difficult position to play. If you're, if you're hurt, if Kelsey's hurt, like, do they, Talent wise with the playmakers, if he's gone, it is there enough? And that's always been a concern of mine pretty much all the time. Because I just think he, but like Travis Kelsey's dang near like LeBron with his body, I feel like. So maybe that's just not gonna happen. But <laughs> I think they're very I I they're but yeah, I mean you had some player points. I I understand the strength and numbers parts. Very fair. I just, I don't know. I mean, 
That's why, but I'm, I, but where I'm in on this team is the running game, which is very weird, but like, that's where I'm in on this team. And I feel like they could go to that more. Like, I feel like they might go to that more and take pressure off Patrick, which in turn doesn't lead to as many, like 50, you know, games where he passed about 50 times. Like he should want to do that. Like he should want to have, you know, games where he doesn't throw about 50 times. Like all the time, like he should want the games with those 30 times. Like, yeah, I, maybe that I, and I kind of think that could be a part of the maturity this year. Like, I think that could be a part of it. It's like, okay. Like, Hey, like, how can I rest myself? How can I make sure I'm at my best when I need to be like, let's, let's run the ball. Like we have a good offensive line, you know, let's see what happens. I kind of think that's, what's going to happen. I think he's going to be a little more, you know, smart. I think with just not trying to throw his arm out. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is, you know, the the weaknesses that the Chiefs had had, you know, the past few years with Patrick Mahomes are now starting to become almost strengths, you know, running game and the defense. Yeah. I mean, this defense right. is looking good, right. man. Karloftis right. gets through the the rookie year. Chris Jones, yeah, something to watch with the holdout, like I said. Um, Omina, who is suspended for the first six games. So, I mean, that'll be a big boost when he comes back. Agreed. You know, he'll be fresh, but that – Linebacking core of Gay Bolton and Tranquil looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it looks solid, man. Spagnolo's no slouch when it comes to to defensive coordinator. I, I you know, sure he wasn't the best head coach, but he knows how to get his guys to play yeah. at the right time. Yeah. yeah. And even if they struggle early, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned because I know they'll show up when it matters the most. Yeah. So looks good for the Kansas City Chiefs. Caleb, before we depart. Give me your one, two, three, four predictions, man. AFC West. And City, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. I have the exact I'm same shocked. thing of you. I'm yeah, blind. I just. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean. It, no listen, more cute I, for me this year. Yeah, hey, no I understand, cute. man. I Respect, dude. No, respect. More cute. no more cute for me in this division. <laughs> Maybe in another division, uh, but not, not this division. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you learned your lesson once. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, what do we got coming up? Uh, we'll continue our division previews next week. We only have – we got four weeks left. Four yeah. weeks left before football starts. We're going to knock out the the last four divisions. NFC from here on out. We're going to have more guests. We're going to have more fun. It's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. Um and look, check out our other pods, Circle City Cinema. Uh, Zach and Caleb just finished Secret Invasion, what, a couple weeks ago now. Uh, Zach is working on some more content coming out soon. Um, but for now, listen to us. Listen to us until Zach returns. And again, folks, thanks for listening. <laughs>